And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, faithful and absolutely trustworthy. That's what God is. Faithful and absolutely trustworthy is He who's calling you to Himself for your salvation, and He will do it. He will fulfill His call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you, and protecting you as His own. You're listening to the Harvest Church Podcast. Here at Harvest, we love God, love people, and live with purpose. Our services are on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, let's listen in to a message by Pastor Joe Coyne. All right, good morning, everybody. Yeah, it's good to be here in the house of God this morning, and we're so glad that our God is not dead. He is alive, and He is a God that oversees and watches over His Word to perform it. And you know, this whole year, we're focusing on living the lifestyle. Let's all say lifestyle. Lifestyle of honor. And, and I'll be reminding you very consistently of this because Malachi 1.6 says, God speaking here says, isn't it true that a son honors his father and a worker their supervisor? So if I'm your father, where's my honor? And if I'm, I'm your master, your supervisor, where's my respect? And the bottom line definition of what I will continue to get into our life, you know what? God makes our life better if we'll just follow Him and His ways of, of doing and being right. Honoring God is the view of His Word as the only instructional source. The only. That's all I say, only. You know, how, how do you know who you are? You go to the book because God is your Father. If you receive Jesus, you're in the family of God. Now, He wants to tell you who you are. We judge everything uh, like Acts chapter 17 and verse 10. It says, as soon as it was dark, the brothers and sisters sent Saul, uh, uh, Paul and Silas on the, onto Berea where they arrived. And when they arrived, they went to the synagogue. They went to church. <laughs> and the Berean Jews, listen to this, more, more honorable than those in Thessalonica. This was evident in their great eagerness with which they accepted the word. Is anybody eager to hear what God's going to tell me today and what God's going to say to you today? You know, God's word, it, it multiplies like the, fish, the loaves and the fish. And, and I believe that before this service is out, what you needed, he's coming at you with a word. When you have a need, God always gives you a word to stand on. And I love this. They were eager to accept the word. And, and listen to this. And they examined the scriptures each day. Why? To see whether these things were true. They didn't examine what the world believed. No, you got to examine everything in life according to God's word because God's word is the highest word. It's the flawless word. God is God and God is all-knowing. And I'm going to judge everything in life, my family, my church, my neighborhood, my culture based upon what did God say about that. And I want to train you so that you get that down in your spirit and you stop accepting what the world is spewing out as lies. It'll be, come on, let's go with this because this is going to protect us in the days to come. Love that scripture. It just came real strong at me earlier this morning. They, in, in Berea, they accepted the word. And what they do? They examined the scriptures each day to see whether these things were true or not. What did they examine? What did they examine? What do you examine to see if what the world's saying is true? The scripture. The Word. 
God's Word. So all throughout this year, we're, we're going to continually uh, build the honor of God in accepting and teaching His Word like we always do, but we're going to go with what God says about the matters of life in every aspect of life. All right, well, let's go on today. And we're, we started uh, talking about that Jesus said. Now, let's all say Jesus said. So what does that mean, the Word of God said? Jesus is God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. There was nothing that was made uh, other than through the spoken Word of God. Revelation says Jesus' name is the Word of God. So we always examine everything by what God says. And this is what Jesus said. You, and if you want to get into heaven, you must be born again. John 3 says, and beginning in verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, and he was a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, or teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Why? For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, I think we all need to be a sign and a wonder. How could that be possible? Because you're going to be in the presence of somebody that hadn't seen you for a while, and they're used to you being one thing, and all of a sudden they're seeing something totally different. They're saying, that's a sign and a wonder, because I knew where they came from. That's a sign and a wonder that, that they're now living a life for God. That's a sign and a wonder. And that's where we become salt and light. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, become a new creation, become a child of God, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The, the things and the ways in the kingdom of God are just not going to make sense to you if you don't get born again. No matter how much you study, no matter what... We must be born again. Nicodemus said to him, and he was thinking naturally, how can a man be born when he's old? And can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? Of course not. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water, I realize you were born from a natural birth. That's your flesh. That which is born of your flesh. Uh, that which is born of the flesh is your flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit, the part that needs to be born again, is your spirit. Don't marvel that I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. I, I brought my kids up. I call them kids. They're 29, 27. <laughs> brought them up. I think I brought both you guys up, right? Or you and Kurt or somebody. I don't know. But anyway, if, 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 if I've never met you and I see you today, I can't tell whether you're born again or not, become a new creation or not, because I haven't seen the fruit that you're producing in your life. You know, we need to have some evidence that will convict us of being a Christian. Every tree is known by its, and we need to go into this world, and, and they see how we act, our integrity, we, we see what we bring into the room, they see what we bring into the leadership room where, you know, the world's just cussing each other out, and somehow you're inserting peace right in the middle of that mess. 
Oh, God, but I want a Christian job. I want everybody to be Christians on the job. We couldn't even fulfill the Great Commission then. Stop that. Didn't you ask God to use you? Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. You ever feel like saying, God, I feel so used? (laughs) But you can't tell whether someone's born again spiritually just by standing side by side. I can't see the wind, but I can see the rustling of the leaves. There's some evidence. Uh, I can't see the wind, but I can hear the sound. I can see the effects. So that's what it's saying. Our lives should have effect once we're born again and we feed on the Word and all the things that, that we've been teaching. You can tell when someone's born of God by the conduct of their life and how, how they affect their surroundings. So we don't want to take lightly. I don't care what the world has said, how you get into heaven. They said, all of us, we need to find heaven in our own separate way, but we'll all end up in the same place. You will not. Jesus said, if you want to see the kingdom of God and get into heaven, you've got to be born again. Now, this is a truth I get dogmatic on. Jesus is absolutely the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through Jesus. You must be born again. And if you're being convicted right now that you're not sure, we're going to pray with you in a little bit. So you can settle that. But Nicodemus was a member of the party, the Sanhedrin, that was trying to kill Jesus. And he, he, he could have come to Jesus. You know, he came by night, and we said that he could have come to Jesus because he feared persecution. In that time, you know, and there's areas all around the world today that if you are bold with your faith, you lose your life. That would be sort of the litmus test of, <laughs> of our faith, wouldn't it? Second Timothy 3.12 says, Yea, and all that will love godly shall suffer persecution. You might be at places where people get down on you about your faith, or even you, 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 you um, thank God we're protected by the, the angels of God cramping around about us, because I don't want you to get fear in your life. I believe when you're walking with God, that is the safest place you could ever be. Being where you're supposed to be, is the safest place on earth and in heaven. He could have come by night just out of wisdom for his safety. But Jesus said, you must be born again. And Jesus is not redundant on purpose. I mean, excuse me. He is redundant on purpose. When he repeats one thing, you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. Guess what? We must be born again whether you even know what it is or not. So now let's talk about why we need to be born again, and, and we'll, we'll explain things here. And uh, these truths absolutely revolutionized my life. Genesis chapter 1. We're talking about the events now that led mankind needing to become born again. Genesis 1.27, so God created man or human beings in his own image. God created human beings What? In his own image, God created what? God created. God created. Human beings in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. How did he create them? Either male or either female. That's it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We agreed all year and from till till Jesus comes back, we're going to study, study the scriptures, see what in the world is true. God's word says, sanctify, uh, sanctify them with my, sanctify them with truth. My word is truth. God's word is truth. 
So God created them male and female. He created them, and you're either male here today. You're, you're either male or you're a female, one or the other. Listen, being a male is a matter of birth. Becoming a man is a matter of choice. Come on, how many brave men in this house? I don't want to hear no milly mouth little, little thing. I want to hear an explosion in this house. How many brave men in the house today? Let me tell you what brave men do. Shoot, shoot, that, shoot that video. Oh, by the way, is it ready? <laughs> just a portion of what God did supernaturally in our brave men's meetings. Man, make it a commitment. Put it on your calendar. And there's some things that I think uh, where we're supposed to be needs to be set so other things follow around where it can set. Now, sometimes it's absolutely you can't do that, which I understand. But this is not just guys showing up eating biscuits. All those, those biscuits were good. Come on, you ever had Chick-fil-A? Uh, uh, well, yeah, Chick-fil-A biscuit? Holy Jesus, did you say? Oh, holy chicken. Okay. But anyway, I just wanted to just give you a snapshot. You know, they weren't just, they were born male. But these men and these men are seeking to become a true man of God. Ladies. You were born female, it's a matter of birth. It's not your choice. God made you man or God made you woman. Being female is a matter of birth. Being a woman is a matter of choice. Is there any authentic ladies in the house today? Give me some chicken, holy Jesus. Now, you know what? Let's just all do it together. If you're excited for Jesus, lift up your voice right now. Yes! All right. So we're seeing that God created us in his own image, and then verse 28 happens. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Come on. We're studying the scriptures to see what is truth. Keep your kids in our nursery, in our children's ministry. They're learning truth. They're learning how to judge when they go back out into the school system what's right and what's not wrong, what's right and what's not right. Youth, our young adults, all, all of us.
So if someone uh, comes up to you and say, you know what, I notice there's something different about your life. Um, how, how are you getting to heaven? Through Buddha? Or are you getting to heaven through, through whoever, whoever? What are you going to say? Why do you know that? Because you studied the Scriptures to see what was true. Say, be fruitful and multiply, Adam and Eve. Only Adam and Eve can multiply. Fill the earth, govern it, reign over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So God made human beings in his own image and in his own likeness, right? Because that's what the word says. So now, if I can just find out what God is, and I understand how he, he created me. John 4, 24, God is a, God is a what? Spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, that is, separate you from profane and vulgar things and make you pure and whole and undamaged and conscious. I love that. He makes you undamaged. There's some things that were damaged here today. God's healing it right now. Consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose, and may your spirit, and may your soul, and may your body, your triune being, you are a spirit. That's what God made you because that's what he is. You have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions that's housed in your spirit, and you live in this earth suit called your body. This body, in its state right now, does not go to heaven. Your spirit goes to heaven because when you receive Jesus, you receive life. You become born again. You become a whole new person. You, you, have, you have a reset, a restart, not just a refresh. It's, it's a start over. Yeah, isn't that good? We need to hear these things and be so balanced in our foundational doctrines. That God's causing us, those of us, all of us were damaged. And God, you know, how many... Some, some of us got a little damaged last week with some stuff we had to face. But thank God for His presence every day. Thank God for His Word. And thank God for talking to God about it. And then thank God for a service where God just removes burdens and destroys yokes. And you go out, uh, you all repaired so you can be salt and light. And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, faithful and absolutely trustworthy. That's what God is. Faithful and absolutely trustworthy is He who's calling you to Himself for your salvation, and He will do it. He will fulfill His call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you, and protecting you as His own. <laughs> You know, I, I'll just take my wife for an example. Don't talk behind, don't talk behind uh, my wife's back or children's back if you don't want to get in trouble with my wife. Me. Now, our kids have gone through the whole process of growing up in the church. And we allowed our school teachers and, and, and uh, Sunday school teachers to correct them when necessary. And you treat them the same, you treat everybody. Please don't act, ask our kids to be perfect because ch check out who your kids are. Oh, God, did I say that out? Holy chicken. 
Don't hold anyone to the standard perfection. The only one that lived that was perfect, come on, what's his name? We all know his name. And that's who we're comparing ourselves with because you can compare yourself with someone else right now and think you're doing extremely good. But when you look, (laughs) when you look into the Word, there's going to be an attitude change. There are going to be adjustments like we all do on a daily basis. Okay. So man was given then a dominion uh, and then a commission, a command, and a warning. Genesis 2, 15 through 17, the Lord placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned. The Lord God warned them. You may freely eat from the fruit in every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat its fruit, you're going to surely die. Now, if you go, look behind that word die in, in, in the um, <clears throat> Hebrew, it means separated from God. Separated from God in His presence. Spiritual death means that we're no longer in fellowship with God. So God gave him a warning, as He does all of us. If He disobeyed, man would die spiritually. And guess what? Let's not point our fingers at other people because every single one of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. Once man was separated from God in life, he began to die physically. He didn't die physically just because he had sinned. He died on the inside. His spirit was disconnected from God. Say with me, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in this body. Now, even in that following state of being spiritually dead on the inside of our spirit, when we sin, we, we, we begin to operate in a fallen nature on the inside. Now, just because you don't know Jesus, and just because on the inside you might not know Jesus, and you have the wrong nature, and you, you must be born again, so please make that decision today. But even so, you're still an eternal being. And what happens in death for a Christian, where it says that Jesus tasted death for us, we don't have to fear it because a Christian, my spirit is born again. I'm saved because I received Jesus. So when, my, when I, my, this body stops operating, it goes back to the dust of the earth, but my spirit goes right to the presence of God. However, when someone dies, and this is some fear of God coming at you now. Don't, don't get mad at me. That's just really talk this morning, right? How do we know this is true? How, how do we know what we're saying is true this morning? Because we examined the, to see if it was. But even when you don't receive Jesus, there's coming a day that you're going to die and your last breath becomes your first breath and your last breath on earth becomes your first breath in hell. He said, I just can't believe a loving God would send somebody to a heinous hell. God never sends anybody to hell. He had to create hell for the angels and Lucifer that rebelled in heaven. And he, you know, there was no big, big fight, you know, like after school, fight, fight, fight. No, 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 that was no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, the end time says that at the blast of Jesus' breath and word obliterates the enemy. There's no, there's no struggle in who's more powerful. 
God is all-powerful. Lucifer, now known as the fallen angel, Satan, is a created being. And the one that defeated him is living only inside of you, and greater is he that's only inside of you than he that's in the world. And we walk with Jesus, and we talk with Jesus, and we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and we get the word in our heart and out of our mouth, and we, we, we wage war with the enemy by winning the war of words and by speaking the word in every situation. What attacks come against you? What does the scripture say? You get that in your heart. That's so about the matter. Now get it in your heart and speak it out of your mouth. I get concerned when people aren't in a relationship with the Word of God on a daily basis. Let me tell you why. Because then you have no, no weapon to fight the enemy against, coming against us. That's how important it is to be in a Word church and to be a challenge to get in the Word every day. So you just always have that Word fresh. And I was telling the men yesterday, guys, don't just jump in and then you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray three hours a day. I'm getting the word three hours a day. I'm like, so when are you going to work? Now, you can practice the presence of God underneath your breath. Don't, you know, just don't be doing no strange stuff around you because people are. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you. We need to have a walk with God that we can do every day, and the extremes never work out well. However, the other side is being apathetic, and we need to come to the pendulum right in the middle. Consistency is what we're after. So man, of course, was tempted to disobey, and we, we see that the serpent, the fallen, fallen uh, Satan, Genesis 3, Verse 1 says, now the serpent was more crafty, more crafty, subtle, skilled in deceit. The enemy is skilled in deceit. How do you overcome deceit? Someone help me. Study the to see what is. The enemy has, has worked thousands of years to be so skilled at deceit. But it's nothing that the word will not destroy and curse. Can it really be that God said he starts questioning the word? I skipped, didn't I? So he's full of deceit more than any living creature of the field which the Lord has made. And the serpent said to the woman, can it really be that God has said you must not eat from the, any of the tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, you may eat fruit from all the different trees in the garden, but you cannot, don't eat from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden. And then God said, you shall not eat from it nor touch it, otherwise you will die. But the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not. How do we know the truth in the matter? We're studying the, to see what is Mankind died spiritually. Anything the enemy comes at your mind with, it's not going to line up with the word. It's going to be a lie. Because the word says, if God, if God Jesus in uh, John um, chapter 8, you don't need to go there, but we'll throw it up there, I think. But Jesus 
And the Jews at this moment were still at odds with each other, and he sets himself to convince and to convert them while they still set themselves to contradict and oppose Jesus. And this is what Jesus said to religious folks that were trying to take them away from being saved. If God were your father, said Jesus, you'd love me. For I came from God. I arrived here. I didn't come on my own. He sent me. We can't, why can't you understand one word I say? And he said, here's why. Because you can't handle it. You're from your father, the devil, and all you want to do is please him. He was a killer from the very start. He couldn't stand the truth because there wasn't a shred of truth in him. When, when the liar speaks, he makes it up out of his lying nature and fills the world with these lies and deceit. So how do we overcome lies and deceit? We're studying the, to see if these things are, and which way are you going to go? That's the way we go. I arrived on the scene, tell you the plain truth. Jesus said, you refuse to have anything to do with me. Can any, any one of you convict me of a single misleading word, a single sinful act? But if I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone on God's side listens to God's word. This is why you're not listening because you're not on God's side. Boy, Satan dishonored the Word of God blatantly, openly, boldly. And you know what? Weak Christians sometimes succumb to these lies. They watch the pundits to get to know what they are now. They, it seems like I've been talking about that a lot lately. I'll bring that in. But regardless what you see out there in the world on TV or whatever someone's pushing, we're studying the the word to see if these things are so. We're going to go with what God's word says about it. So they rebelled. They died spiritually. And we're not going to take lightly Jesus saying, you must be born again. You must be born again. Jesus is the only way back to God. Don't take his word lightly. God said you must be born again, born from above, born of God, become a child of God. Hebrews 2.14 says, since therefore these, his children, share flesh and blood in the physical nature of human beings, he himself, in a similar manner, partook of the same nature that he, that by going through death, he might bring to naught and make of no effect him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and also he might deliver and completely set free all those through the haunting fear of death, were held in bondage throughout the whole course of their life. For, for as we know, he, Christ, did not take hold of angels, the fallen angels, to give them a helping and delivering hand, but he did take hold of the fallen descendants of Adam to reach out to them with a helping and delivering hand. First John 3 says, th think about it. The Father loves you. He loves us so much that he lets us be called children of God when we receive Jesus. A whole nature changes on the inside of us. But since the people of this world did not know who Christ is, they don't know who we are. My dear friends, we're already God's children. And through what we will, through, through what we will, 
I'm going to read that. All right, through. Lord Jesus, there it is. All right. Holy chicken. The through, uh, come on, though. Though what we will be. Oh, got it now. All right, so what we will be hasn't yet been seen, but we do know when Christ returns, we're going to be just like him because we will see him as he truly is. Like what Billy Graham said, he said, you know, Jesus, Jesus alone can offer eternal life because he's the only one who lived a sinless life and provided the perfect sacrifice for our sins by his death on the cross. He lived on earth as a man, but was also divine. Because he was without sin, he could die for our sin in our place. Three days after the death, God, his death, God raised him from the dead. He's the only one ever to die and come back to life, then ascend to heaven. And while the founders of various non-Christian religions of the world have died and been buried, Christ is very much alive. Jesus was the only one to claim to be the Son of God and the only one to prove it. In his words, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me because the Bible is God's inspired word and truth. And God cannot lie, the Scripture says. It does not contradict itself at all or teach falsehoods. It is this very Scripture that Jesus revealed. Why does the Spirit of man have to be born again because mankind cannot stand in the presence of God with a wrong sin nature or separation from God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. God, thank you for your your word and you're drawing people closer to Jesus I know that because you're drawing me closer Father those here this morning that that don't know you in the way the word world the word said today I thank you right now that Father you're doing your job of drawing people to Jesus we've spoken your word and the truth and faith is here to receive him and the Holy Spirit Father, Father you by the Holy Spirit are drawing them with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, uh, I, I just want to say this as respectfully as I can. You must be born again. You must be. It's your choice. That depends on what you eternally will, will be. Father, I, I just break any power that's trying to hinder anyone from not coming to you today. Mm -mm. I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation that will... lead you right into becoming born again. If you want me to include in that prayer, just lift up your hand real quick. I'm getting ready to pray. Come on, just lift up your hand if that's you. And don't be moved by the person to the right or to the left. This is your choice. What are you going to do with this word? We studied the scriptures today and now we see what's so. Pray this prayer out loud with me, everybody. Say, God, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins because he lived an innocent life. He died for all the ways I missed it. 
And I thank you, Father, that not only Jesus died, but God, I thank you you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, you're alive. You're the Savior of the world. I'm going to make you mine now. Jesus, I ask you, come into my heart. I receive you as my Savior. With all my heart, I believe that. And I speak this word. Jesus, now, you're my Savior. Jesus, now, you are my Lord. Thank you, Father. I am born again. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If this message was a blessing to you, make sure to share with your friends and leave a review. For more information about who we are and where we're located, check out our website at harvest-triad.com.